Welcome to the Nicholas Natalia Show, where we chat with entrepreneurs, experts, and entertainers to help you live a more fulfilling life and take your business to the next level. This week on the podcast, we're chatting with Marissa Mize. Marissa Mize is an actress, content creator, and founder of No More Lonely Friends. Earlier this year, a former stranger turned friend, Drew, posted on TikTok about overhearing a group of strangers talking in a park, saying they were purposefully planning a birthday party the weekend their friend Marissa was away. Marissa was able to find Drew via TikTok and confirm that she was the Marissa in New York those strangers were talking about. A few weeks later, Marissa launched No More Lonely Friends, a movement that celebrates friendship in a safe space, a place to create connections that encourage people to foster friendships that lift them up rather than tear them down. Don't forget to check out my A through Z online personal finance course called Get Out of Debt Like a Maniac. It has over 50 video lessons covering debt, budgeting, cutting expenses, credit, and more, and is constantly being updated based on the most frequently asked questions by members. Plus, you'll have access to me. I do a live weekly group training with members of the course to help ensure your financial success. Riddle of the week, why is it a bad idea to iron your four-leaf clover? Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out. This episode is professionally mixed and mastered by the one, the only, the Grand Singer. They used to call him Mr. Mixy Mix in college, and look at him now. He's mixing and mastering. If you'd like Grant to audio engineer your podcast, film, or music, click the link to singerville.com in the show notes, or reach out to him on Instagram at Grant E. Singer. That was the intro. Now here is the episode. Hello and welcome. This is the Nicholas Italia Show. I'm your host, Nicholas Italia. Today we have a very special guest, Marissa Mize. Season's greetings, Marissa. Hello. How are we doing? We're doing fantastic. I'm very happy and excited that you're here. We're going to dive head first into this. I got some juicy questions that I'm, I'm here for it. eager to start off with. Deal. Here's what I got for you. It's clear you've always been a tenacious go-getter. You're taking leaps, leaps of faith wherever you go, risking it for the biscuit. And one of the first leaps of faith I have on record for you is when you attended the University of Alabama and you switched your major to psych and mental wellness. And then you're like, you know what? This isn't for me. I'm moving to LA to pursue acting. What was the catalyst behind this big leap? Yeah, I mean, okay, so first first off, right off the bat, I had no want to go to college. Like that was the first <laughs> the first part. I was basically forced into going to college by my family mm. and it was kind of like a no, no, you're doing this. And I was like, yeah. oh, well. Nah. So, you know, everyone was always like, you are such a great speaker. You can, you're can, you such a great businesswoman. Like, oh, my God, you'd be great with business. Let's go yeah. to college for business. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, going to college because that's what, you know, I was a minor. I had to say yes to my parents. Um, so I was like, sure. As minors do. <laughs> yes, you know, so I went to college. I, don't get me wrong, I like loved the college experience. Um, my ADHD did not. <laughs> I mm. was just like, it was, it was not, I was very great in school, like very great in school, but I just, um, it was just something that I wasn't passionate about and it was just not for me. So I finally um, found something that I liked, which was psychology. But I just like I did child development and psychology, basically like mental wellness. And it was the most fascinating thing I've ever learned about. Like I loved learning about it, but I learned more about um, my mental states than I did Mm -hmm. um, care learning about like an actual. uh, Yeah. So that was that. (laughs) So I decided like, I've always, I've always wanted to be an actor in my life. Like that was my goal in life was to just be an actor, move to LA, whatever it was. 
And I was just never able to because um, my family really didn't believe in the entertainment business and they just mm. weren't a fan of that. So once I turned 18, I literally one day woke up and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I went to my portal at University of Alabama and I said, click dropout. <laughs> and I said, okay. I just have a big dropout button ready they for people. They literally do. They literally <laughs> have a giant unenroll button. And I was like, this is it. I clicked the button. And I was like, peace out. It was like two weeks yeah. before finals. <laughs> Oh. And I was like, eh, and I bought, I, yeah. I was like, bye. And yeah. I got in my car, packed and everything in my car, and I drove to LA. Wow. What was the game plan? Just straight up driving to LA and then, I, then roughing it for a little bit? Or <laughs> I lived in my car the first like two months. I lived in LA. I got a no job way. as a like hostess server at Mel's Diner. Mm. Um, on Hollywood Boulevard, I would do the overnight shift and then I would sleep in my car in the parking lot in the daytime and then work in the overnight time. Yeah. And I, I mean that job, like it was probably one of the, like I got a gun held to me. Like it was like off, it was right on Hollywood Boulevard. It was, it was the worst job I've ever had, but they, yeah, it was crazy, but I ended up, you know, saving up enough money that I could get an apartment with some girls that I met through a mutual friend. That's hardcore. That's some yeah. hardcore stuff. Yeah. Give me the reaction from the fam. Or did you tell them right away? Or did they like, did no. you tell them once you're like in LA for two months? Yeah, basically like they would, they followed me on social media and they basically like, I didn't tell them for a long time. I didn't tell anybody. And then I just like get a call like a few weeks later and I just like pick up the phone and there was just silence. And then my mom goes, so where are you? And I was like, <laughs> And I like literally screamed. I was like, ah! And I just hung up. I was like, no! It was terrifying. I was like, oh my God, this is what, like, I was like, what can she do to me? Oh my God. But yeah, I mean, after a while, you know, it was, I was an adult. Like I, you know, at the time thought I was a full adult, Um, but I was passionate about it and they didn't really make any comments about it. They still really haven't to this day, but it is what it is. But, you know. I did it, and here I am. Yeah, man, how ominous of a phone call is that? I can just hear the heavy breathing before the before the yeah. question is asked. Yeah, wow, yeah, literally. And then it seems like you're doing what it takes to make things happen, but you're grinding to get there. Let's let's talk about what life like life was like in LA beforehand. Got the photo on your Instagram. You got. Don't let me jump ahead, though. Don't let me jump ahead. I. No, this no. is what I know. I'll tell you what I know. You were living in a basement where you slept next to a water heater without any ventilation in the room. At one point, you were working three jobs to make ends meet. You had your car totaled. And then in another post, you discuss how ridiculously competitive LA can be, not in the sense of like, I mean, it is competing for jobs, but like competing amongst your friends, amongst your peers. So so with all that to be said, uh, where do we go from there? I think the biggest reason why I left LA was because you know, everyone's like, oh, you know what? LA was such a hard town. Like, you know, the competition with acting and stuff. I don't think that's an issue. Yeah, Mm. sure. Like it's competitive, but it's a job. It's like any other job. You know, you got to audition, whatever you got to interview, whatever. And it just takes a few more interviews for actors because you're auditioning so much. Right. Yeah. So the issue that I had with LA was that so many people were just against themselves. Like, 
mm. in a personal way, in a mental way, like whatever it was. And um, one of the biggest struggles that I had was like, I lived with, so I've, I lived in a few different places and um, I lived there for five years. So, um, you know, the, be- the basement that I lived in at the time, I was like so broke almost that I was just like, what can I do to still live inside? But like, yeah, not go back to my car. Yeah, yeah. Like not go back to my car, but like kind of like still live in this house. We were living in this like cool house and th- our neighbors just got evicted because um, they found out like they were like their landlord was like illegally like subletting basically. So they kicked him out. Oh. And so oh, wow. we were friends with them. So they came and lived with us. And so I was like, Hey, take my room sublet that from me and I'll go in the basement because I was working so many jobs that I was never really home. So I was like, all I need is like a place to rest my head. And this basement was the size of a queen bed. And that's what I had was a queen bed. And so the literal size of the basement. So I would walk down the stairs of the basement and jump straight onto the bed because that was the only place I got rid of mostly everything I owned because I couldn't fit it down there. And I literally just right. Like lived in a freaking brick wall with no windows, <laughs> no doors, like nothing. It was, it was crazy. Like, and yeah, I definitely like had some health issues from sleeping next to a water heater for a year. Um, yeah. after that, don't know, you know, where down the line that's going to come back and bite me in the ass in my later life. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I basically just like tried to live in the, the easiest, cheapest conditions so that I could just like live the dream or whatever. And it was sad because everyone was so against each other. Like in the end, I lived with, um, in this beautiful house, um, my last lease before I left for New York, I lived in this beautiful house with three guys and, um, they were, they were fine, but they were just so, uh, like, it was like, I'm a woman and I wasn't even going for the same roles. And it would be like, I would book something and they'd be like, oh, like, how'd you get, you know what I mean? Like, and oh, I'm no. like it's not like we're happy. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It was just crazy. Like it wasn't like nobody could be happy for each other, like that they were moving up in the world. And then like, if it was somebody that booked a Netflix show, they'd be like, oh my God, I know them. Like, congrats. You know what I mean? Like, it was just so weird. Like, <sighs> so I think that it was a hard time to kind of figure out why everyone was so sad and then i realized that everyone's sad and that's why oh, everyone's so that's much why, because you know why, everyone's yeah. just like sad and like they were just trying to fill that void with la and like being an actor and stuff and like trying to live their dream but it wasn't it wasn't at all yeah did you find yourself falling into some of that as well you're in it you guys are all chasing the same thing did you find yourself fall into that trap of like man maybe maybe i should feel sad about these things yeah i mean it i when i was living in la again i didn't realize this until i left like you know you don't realize it until you get out of that space but yeah. i was in the world's like darkest deep depression i was working my ass off like i was not eating correctly i was not sleeping i was not i was just like i need money to live to be able to do this and and blah 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 and like it was like a nonstop like pain of just like constantly being in a circle like and it would just come back and come back and come back and it was just nonstop. it was in it was embarrassing like almost to be like like I was like bragging how I work like 100 hour weeks like it was just weird like it was like the more you work the more you work the the more successful you are it's like no like yeah get some sleep like what the hell (laughs) yeah take care of yourself yeah sleep a little bit rest your eyes yeah man that's wild let me ask you this. Was it worth it? You had this vision probably of what the dream 
was when you were going to get there and then you got there and then it's just work, work, work 24 seven and nobody's quite as happy as it, as the dream was made out to be. I think that in the end, to be all, to be honest, I like, I wouldn't have changed it at all because one, it made me go through some freaking gnarly experiences and also like, you know, like living in my car and like doing this thing, like blah, 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 XYZ, whatever it was like, it like really pushed me to be where I am today. Yeah. And I think that is something that not a lot of people, a lot of people, when they try to hear about my life, they're like, whoa, you've lived like nine lives. I'm like, yeah. Like, because I literally <laughs> yeah. have, like I've worked yeah. every type of job you could ever imagine. I've worked, I've lived like so many different places. Like mm-hmm. I've just kind of, I have this mentality as like before, it was just like, if you're not happy, leave like, you know? And so once I yeah. woke up that one day in LA and I literally was like, I'm not happy. And I left like it was, yeah, yeah. it was, it was the, the moment of realization that I had that I was like, wow, this is not what I wanted. And, and I, I tried it, I did it. And yeah, this is not it. Yeah. So it sounds like that mindset stuck with you throughout everything. You know, I'm at the university of Alabama. I don't like this. I'm leaving. I'm in mm-hmm. LA. I don't like this. I'm leaving. That's a good way to live because I think it's, you're finding what fits for you and there's no point of continuing to suffer when we don't have to. I think many of us find ourselves doing that. I think it's literally the only way to live because like, otherwise, like, why are you staying in a place that you hate? Like, why are you doing something you don't like? Like, it's just so odd to me that people waste their time on things that they don't care about when they could be putting energy towards something that they're really passionate about and would make their life so much better. Yeah, absolutely. What's the most memorable thing you're taking from that time in LA? You got five years under your belt, five years of nine lives all in one. What's what's something that's like, yeah, this is this is the thing I'm taking with me. I think the biggest kind of lesson or whatever that I've taken from LA was that everybody goes through things at a different perspective. Basically, you don't understand like people's oh god, I'm my my mind. You're I'm fine. like thinking 30,000 ways around <laughs> this question. I'm like say all of them. Basically, okay, the number one thing I learned in LA is that a lot of people are lying. Mm. A lot of people are lying. And it's not necessarily like, you know, it's not like they're like lying about whatever. It's just like, sure, social media is the thing. And a lot of social media is fake, whatever, highlight reel, whatever you want to call it. But to see the actual social media of people, and mm. I know that they're living Sad. in a car or they're, they can't afford rent and they're living in this Beverly Hills mansion or they like bought a car and they like think like it's, you know, it's like there's this huge flex of like, this is how I'm living my life. And like, as long as I make other people think that it's like, I'm happy, like they'll think I'm happy. And so I'm, I'm happy. Right. Like Pete, like that's what I learned is like, um, the more you lie to yourself, the worse you're going to get. That's, that's what I learned is the more you lie to yourself, the worse it's going to get. That's like literally the the epitome of what I learned in my five years of in LA, because I lied to myself the entire time. Oh wow! Yeah. Really? What was your lie? What was the I lie just, to yourself? I just was like, "This is awesome. I love. I was a workaholic. I was like, yeah. this is the dream. Like working. I'm working this awful production assistant job for 
you know, basically free. Like, and yeah, I'm yeah. getting yelled at. I'm like, this is, gr- I'm at least <laughs> working. Yeah. yeah. It was just <laughs> Yell at me again. Yeah. Like, it's so, it was so sad. And like, yeah, I think that I just lied to myself by like telling people, like, yeah, I live in LA, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, and it was sad because like, you know, I had a friend list, one, list like, okay, my roommate at Alabama came yeah. to visit one time and okay. like, she was like, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. Like whatever it is, you know, like this is going to be great. She was like, I spent a week out here and like she got here and I was like basically working the entire time. I would have like a mental breakdown. Like, you know, like it was just like, it was just a shit show. Like it was, it was nothing that, you know, everyone's like, oh, I thought you were like living the dream in LA. And you know, and, <laughs> yeah. you're, and you're and you're like, you get there and you're like, I'm depressed and sad. Like, you know, so yeah, yeah it is, it it is what it is, but also I, I've learned to not lie to myself anymore, for sure. Oh, man. Tough thing to go through, but it sounds like that's that's the thing you may have needed yeah. to know moving forward. So tell me. Ooh, let's talk. Let's talk acting. Let's, yeah, let's, let's dive into acting a little bit. Let's have some good in here. You had what many actors aspire to have, like a little milestone on their trail, is a national commercial. And you booked with Truth Orange. It's a dope yeah. commercial. I watched it. Yeah. It's sick. What was that experience was, like? Yeah, it was super cool. I actually, um, when I when I went to the audition, I was um, the last person to go in. And I kind of think that's like the best and the worst because it's the yeah. best because they're the last person you rem- they remember. But yeah. also it's the worst because they're so overhearing it thousands and thousands of times that they're like, God damn, like this is so awful. <laughs> yeah. Once I booked it, um, or like once they gave me a callback, I like had to go do this callback and I was so nervous and they literally made me read it like 70 times and I was in different ways and I was like, they're oh not going to push me. Like I was like, if they think this is this difficult for me, you know, because like, I, I just kept reading it and kept reading it and they were like, no, no, we don't like it. We don't like it. Maybe this way. This oh. way. And then I was like, I was like, and there was another girl there. So I was like, they're definitely going to pick the other girl. Cause she was in and out. Like she was in yeah. and out fun, like quick. And I was like, so you read it right go home i was like literally so i was like oh my god they're not gonna take me like why am i here so i was getting really frustrated i was like this is stupid like whatever and they ended up calling me like the next day and they were like all right yeah like you booked it like and i was like i'm sorry what and this goes into (laughs) this goes into the whole thing like i was lying to myself like i was so in my head about it once i booked it that I was like, I don't know. I didn't remember the lines at all. Showed up to set, didn't even look at the line. Like it was, it was so crazy. And they were doing different. Lucky for me, they brought a teleprompter. Oh, nice. <laughs> if, oh, I did, if they did not have that, I would have oh. been so kicked off set that day. Like it would have been so bad. I was just like, really like, I just worked like, like, uh, three days in a row no sleep like I just yeah. did and I showed up to set like dying and they were like oh yeah. my god we're so excited you know and it was it was just crazy like it was so wild and but that that commercial was actually kind of crazy because the directors and the like producer like all of them like they made me like read um they made me read like a whole pamphlet like book 
thing, not book, but like a, a info thing basically on, um, it was on opioids, like because the commercial was on being addicted to opioids, um, yeah. for Ruth. And they made me like read this whole thing and they're like, this is serious. Like this isn't really a serious topic, like blah, blah, blah. And I had to like read and like do this whole thing for them to be like, yeah, you can, you can like do it. And wanted you to like understand the severity of it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was like pretty cool. I like really appreciated kind of like that they took that because it was, it was, it made a difference, I guess. Like for sure. Like, yeah, it was, it was cool. Wow. What a crazy experience. And then in the differences of sets, had you been on a set that was that I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing it was like a big professional fatty set. Was it, had you been in yeah. that environment as an actor previously or was this like, no. Oh dang. Um, I've been, well, I've been on sets like that because I did a lot of background work when I lived in LA and stuff. So I've like, you know, been on like that type of stuff. Um, but I, um, have never, I had never been the main, like the main person. Right. So I was like, ha 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 ha, like, holy shit. And what you didn't see is that on the other side, they had like 200 extras in the stands because they were doing a basketball scene after me. So oh like, my gosh. Oh my gosh. In the freaking like like <laughs> staring at me in the silence. Like it was yeah. crazy. And like, oh my God, it was so god awful. It was god awful. Yeah. Ugh. Your yeah. voice echoing throughout that gym for hundreds to hear all at I, once. And I did it like <laughs> multiple times. I was doing it like over and over. Oh. And I was doing variations. Like it was a lot going on. So that was yeah, that was that. Um yeah that's a yeah heck of an experience yeah let's take it this way then what was what was the straw that broke the old camel's back that you did wake up that one day and was like you know what i'm out i'm heading to i'm heading to the big apple i went through a a crisis man i was Mm. i was losing my mind i um i it was during the pandemic and I just like learned a lot about myself. And, um, basically one day I woke up and I was just like, I do not want to be alive anymore. Like, what are we doing? Like I was, I was, I was gone. Like I was not there. I didn't even recognize myself. I would wake up and be like, you know, and everyone went through that for a little bit because they were like, I I had no schedule. I got laid off. I was like, there's no place for me anymore. Like auditions weren't happening. They shut down sets. Like it was just such a, I was like, what's going on in life? I don't know. And I went through like a whole thing where I basically thought I was like going to admit myself because Mm. I was so, I was so lost. I didn't know what was going on. I started taking antidepressants. I was like on so many different medications for all these things that they like told me I had and like yada yada. And I was like, this is so awful. And I, um, had a pretty big falling out with my roommates and it was just time. Like I didn't feel at home anymore. I was just like, this is not it. I, I don't want to be here anymore. And I found, I basically that day was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was either that or I don't know what would have happened to me. So I, that day decided I'm not going to live here anymore. I told my roommates, I was like, you guys can either find someone or I can put a rando in here, like from like Facebook or something. And I basically convinced this guy to take my sublet. And I was like, cool, I'm out. Like, I'm out of here. Goodbye. And booked a one-way ticket two days later and I flew out. (laughs) I sold everything I owned that day. 
Wow, you I'm must have had big, good stuff at least. I said big bet. I'm I'm doing it right now. Gotta go. <laughs> Gotta get. Yeah, I love oh, the yeah. one way ticket too. That's nuts. Yeah, it was pretty psycho. I'm not gonna lie. Hi, friends. This is Nicholas Talley, and each week I bring you a tasty episode. If you're tuning in right now, consider this your sign to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because we're trying to get to 100 five-star reviews lightning fast. It helps boost the podcast when people search for something spicy to listen to. Then you can go ahead and send this to two of your friends that you think would enjoy this episode. I know you got two friends that are dying to hear this. Come on, shoot it over to them. Hey, head to courses.nicholastalley.com to enroll in the Get Out of Debt Like a Maniac course. It's a course that helps you get out of debt, learn to manage your money, and build a life toward financial freedom. And may we never forget, this episode, you better believe it was professionally mixed and mastered by the one... The only the Grant Singer. If you'd like Grant to audio engineer your podcast, film, or music, reach out to him on Instagram at Grant E. Singer. His hand will be in the show notes, or reach out to him through singerville.com. You can also shoot him a nice little email at grant and And please, guys, ugh, I can't believe it. We're about to have to amputate one of his fingers because it turned into an ice block. It's because he's cold outside. Baby, is it cold outside? We are waiting for you to reach out to him. Goodness gracious, give him a place to stay in your audio project. All right, back to the episode. What do you think was the biggest factor on your noggin during that time? Was it the fact that it was so go, 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 complete stop? Now, what's left? Now I see all of this emptiness, or was it the mere fact of. I'm living in this place, I'm stuck in this place, and now I'm stuck with people that I don't even like living with. I think or I guess it, maybe it was all of it. Yeah, I think it was a factor of all of it. I think that one of the biggest things was that once COVID happened and all that stuff halted, everybody got caught in their own lies because they had to be faced mm. with themselves. And they mm. you know, had to sit and look in the mirror and be like, oh my God, I've been lying to myself these past five years. Like, holy crap. And yeah. that was when I literally decided like, okay, like this is it that I, I got face to face with myself and saw what I've been lying to myself about and was faced with an existential crisis. And I was like, this is tragic and sad and very upsetting to see. And yeah, I, I never had really, I was always like a huge quote unquote mental health advocate before that, but I never listened to myself. It was just like me Mm. seeing other people doing it. And I was like, don't do that to yourself. And then I was doing it 10 times worse yeah. to my own self. Like, yeah. So yeah, that was awful. It was tragic to watch myself kind of just defeat my my own self. Yeah. 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 I can definitely relate to having the right words for the other people, but not being able to listen to them as they come out of our mouths. Yeah. So you jump on this plane. Now you don't have a car to live in as soon as you get here. Is there a different game plan? Oh, but you're from New York, right? You have a little more, you have more connections maybe? <clears throat> no, actually, I don't know anybody. I didn't know anybody in Manhattan. I didn't know one person. Mm. I literally didn't mm. know one. My family's from Long Island. So that's like ah. out, out on Long Island. Like there's no, yeah. there's no connection there. So, um, I basically hopped in a hotel and this girl, this like mutual friend that I had um, was like, hey, I'm also looking for a place. Like I just moved here. Would you want to be a roommate? And I was like, cool. We like hopped on the phone for a while, like blah, blah, blah. Um, Make sure they weren't weirdos. Crazy. Yeah, yeah you weirdo. never yeah. know, but you never know. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh-huh. so that, foreshadowing, yeah. okay. Yeah, foreshadowing. Um, <clears throat> so basically, yeah, I, I hopped in a hotel with her and we were in a hotel for like two weeks until we found a place that we liked. 
And then we found one and then we moved in. <laughs> and it was like the dream come true because it was pandemic pricing and we got a $5,000 apartment for 50% off. Oh, so baby. It was Let's go. Clutch. It was clutch. It was clutch. There you go. So then yeah. good things are coming together. I'm going to take a hot guess here. Did you choose New York to also be able to have the opportunity to continue acting, pursuing your passions, and have a piece of the entertainment world in a new place? Yeah, it was either that or Atlanta. And you know, I'm not moving to Atlanta right now. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. I also just like wanted to live in Manhattan. I've always wanted to live in New York, like yeah. in, the, New York in, the, in the city. And like, it was just, yeah, it was something that I was like, always wanting to do. But like, when I was in LA, I like, had a uh, partner at the time. So I was like, I don't want to leave you and like, blah, blah, yeah. but I really want to live in New York. And they were like, do yeah. it. And I was like, ah, no. Yeah. And then we broke up and I was like, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> New York might be for me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did that. And yeah, I also needed to like stay in the film TV, like business. Like, so I, I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. New York was the move for sure. Nice. Seems like we're a few months in here. Set the stage for me. We're getting there. We're talking about it. Set the stage for me. What's the first thing that goes through your mind when somebody from elementary school is shooting you a video of a drooby dooby doo? I just wanted to say it. I love that username so much. I, I think that's so funny. <laughs> drooby dooby doo's video is in your DMs from elementary school crush saying, is this you? Are you the Marissa from New York? Set yeah. the stage for me. It was crazy. I was sitting at dinner with my friend Jen and Jen doesn't have any social media. So it was kind of funny because when I was getting all these messages and texts and stuff from people, she was like, what is going on with your phone? Like, hello. like, <laughs> Hello. And I was like, sorry, dude, I don't know what's going on. I was like, let me flip it over. So I flipped over my phone and I just yeah. saw all these links coming in, DMs, texts. My aunt sent it to me. I was like, I'm sorry. What? Oh, dang. Oh, shoot. Like, yeah. My aunt's like 50 something. So I was like, what's going on? Like, I don't know. This is real. Like, yeah. I got the message and I was like, everyone's sending me this link. And it, the thumbnail on the video just said like, if you're Marissa in New York. And I was like, this dude could be you filmed me doing oh. something stupid on the street. I was like, I think this man, I'm like, I haven't watched the video yet. And I just saw the thumbnail saying, if you're Marissa in New York. And I was like, this guy filmed me doing something so dumb and I'm about to like get canceled or something. I don't yeah, know. What yeah, yeah. It's so bad. So I was like, I got to watch the video, Jen. And she was like, all right, we watched the video. And we both just sat there like, wait, what? And I like, was like, dude, we got to go. Like I got to make this response video when we get home. And she's like, all right, <laughs> yeah. we got home and I'm sitting there and I like, didn't think it would go anywhere. Right. That's why I was like, whatever. My hair is in like a blah. I was like, it's like purple lighting. I was like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't care. And I just I liked it. It was very unique. Yeah. It was just like, I made this video and I was like, whatever. Wow. And I posted yeah. it and I commented on a video. I was like, Hey, I think this is about me. If you want to DM me, like, that'd be great. Didn't think of it at all for anything. And then all of a sudden I'm just getting thousands and thousands of messages, followers, comments, this, that. And I was like, what is happening right now yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. like and she was like what i don't get it and i was like dude i don't get it what's going on I just like <laughs> she's like uh, seriously i don't get it what is social yeah. media Te and please so i just woke up in the morning to like a hundred thousand followers and thousands and thousands of dms and messages from people around the world and i mean it was like 
instant. I was like, ah, uh, what the hell? And I met <laughs> up with Drew the next day. He was like, do you yeah. want to meet up for coffee or something? And I was like, sure, like whatever. So I, I mean, met yeah. up with him in Madison Square Park was where he posted the video originally. And we were like, yo, this is crazy. And he was like, what's going on? We made those videos together. Yeah. And he was like, we got to get the people like what they want. I was like, yeah. like yeah. I love that. Drew, like, let's go. Drew, like, let's go. And it was so funny because everyone thought like, oh my God, like they're going to be together. Like, and it was like Drew's gay, first of all. Yeah, like, yeah. second of all, like what? But it was so <laughs> funny because like people just, people started accusing it of being fake. And I didn't even think about it that way. Like I was it like, happened oh. so fast. Happened like so the next quick. day is crazy. I know. Yeah. You know. And so I didn't even think about that. Like I didn't even think it could be scripted, like nothing like that. I was like, oh my God, people think this is fake. Like, holy crap. Like, I didn't even think about it. Like, whoa. I was like, this, I've never met this man in my life. Like, if we had a mutual friend, I'd be like, that's a little sus. But like, yeah, yeah. we had no mutual friends. I literally didn't know him. He had 30 followers. Like, it was like, what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the hell? So it was just crazy. It was so fast, so quick. And it just happened. And we, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I just had no time to process. So that was that. So- it's the power of the internet at work. You're, you're on the other side of the power of the TikTok internet. Or yeah, of TikTok. Yeah. I, here's what I'm going to ask. Is this something you had hoped for, but not the way that you thought it was going to come about? <laughs> A thousand percent. I think I always loved, I loved, one thing about me that I'm I'm very open about is like just talking about things. And like, if anyone asks any questions or whatever, like I don't have a topic really that I'm, I'm too like, nervous to talk about or to yeah. whatever it is. You know what I mean? And I'm a very open person. Um, and I also just love being able to relate to people so that people have a thing that they feel open about, even if they can't talk about it. Yeah, That was kind of with me on social media about mental health, whatever it was I was going through, whatever it was. And that's why I post all that stuff was because I want people to know like, this is real life and it's not all a dream. Like it's, it's an, it's not a joke. Like, and, um, so when I was living in the basement and stuff, I was posting that and whatever it was that pe- I wanted people to be like, yo, like this is a real thing. And like, cool, you're going through it, but like, you're still doing it. Like it's, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. And I, I've always wanted to, I've never wanted to be like, oh my God, an influencer. Like, it's not like yeah. I was caring about like that. I just more, more or less wanted to have the platform to be able to kind of help people and talk to people and whatever it was. So that was cool that I was able to do that through this. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think something that has been consistent, I mean, at least from what I've seen over time is you are trying to be as authentic as possible online and as truthful as possible about where you're at. And a caption that I read last night that I'm kind of still thinking about is like you were saying how, here we go, you were saying how you share these experiences and it's good and okay to document these things because you've looked to other people who have documented their lives for inspiration, for to feel supported and related to. And I think that's like a perfect summation of like what? why it's important to that? document. I think it was when you were like 18, when you just moved to LA, I was deep in there, but oh, it was a caption that was really good. I want to read that. Wow. I want to read back about that. Huh. I'll send it to you. I'll uh, go back in the depths. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's cool that, you know, there's, there's a difference between, when I think of influencers, I think that a lot of, you know, it is a job when, when it comes down to it, like I'm a full-time creator now, quote unquote. Yeah. And that's like, it is a real job. Like it's, it's some hard work, like sometimes. And like, 
it gets really rough and stuff. And, and it's not like, you know, I'm make, out here making millions like Charlie D'Amelio and stuff like that. Sure. But like, yeah. ooh. and it's, um, I think it's, uh, it gets difficult when people don't know the difference between like things to film and not to film. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that was a big problem in LA is that like a lot of people used other people's tragedy for their own, content and and like that's like why a lot of people get canceled and like david dobrik and stuff like that like it was a big deal and and i think that i do i do self-documentation of like hey this is my life and like this is what's going on and like this is behind the scenes kind of stuff not like hey this is my friend who like just went through this you know what i mean it's just like it's just not you know i'm not out here trying to out people i'm not trying to like do that if they want to be a part of it like i want to be like you know like i would i make fun of myself all the time like if i'm like sleeping on a hardwood floor like i'm gonna be like i'm sleeping on a hardwood floor like (laughs) you know what i mean so it's just it is what it is but i think that and people need to know the difference between documenting it for purposes of like entertainment and docking it, docking, documenting it for like sole purpose of making fun for money. Like, so yeah. 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 Clear line in the sand of yeah. actually, maybe I shouldn't say it. it's not always clear, but there's things that are definitely clear of what you should and should mm-hmm. not film. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about the following weeks, because I imagine you got the first week of virality and you're like, okay, maybe this is like a a quick up and a quick down. Right. But then we got we got the boys from Smartless talking about it. Jason Bateman. We got Will Arnett. We got Bill on Sunset Boulevard. Then, of course, I mean, we got BuzzFeed. We got we got crazy, crazy. I was going to say, Drew, but I have a full question on that. We got full publications talking about this and there's got to be a point where it's like, is any of this real life? You know, like, like what is a response to seeing your name on Sunset Boulevard on a billboard? Wild. I, I have to be very, very honest with this. I have this weird, first of all, I have like crazy imposter syndrome. Like, I have like this imposter syndrome that I'm like, I don't do anything for the people. Like, why are people like so like, you know, out of me or whatever it is? Like, they're like, so like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, whatever it is. Um, A big thing that (laughs) I think is so crazy is I can look back at like, you know, front page of the New York Times, et cetera. And I'm like, cool. Ha, cool. And I like, it doesn't like, it doesn't register. Like my manager will be like, Marissa, wake up. Like you were (laughs) on the front page of the New York Times. Like you're on all these publications. Like you're doing this, like you're doing this. And I'm like, ha ha ha. I meet up with people on the internet. Like it's like, it's like, I can't. Are you coming to the picnic manager or? (laughs) Like I can't, I cannot for the life of me wrap my head around the fact that like I do this and it's more of effect also because I don't see how much it actually impacts people. Like I see it impacts people, but like I don't see the actual, like how much it like really does for people's lives. And so, you know, it changed a lot. It changes a lot of people's lives, but I, I just have this back burner of like, you know, but I'm also a high ADHD. So I have a lot of things going on in my head, but I am kind of also one of those people like if, if someone close to me dies in my life or like something happens or whatever, I won't process it for like five years. Mm. Like I won't, I won't like I've had, you know, a, a, a 
close person pass away and I will just be like, okay. And I'll just like move on from it. And then like 10 years down the line, I'm like sobbing in my room for some unknown reason. Like it's just, it doesn't, it takes a very long time for me to process. And I also, yeah, it's just, it's so crazy how much it's changed my life and changed other people's lives, but I just like can't wrap my head around it. So it's just wild to see, you know, I have a huge stack of myself on the New York times right next to me. And I'm like, Oh, is that real? Is that a thing? Like, is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Somebody photoshopped me on there. What's going on? (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. You, I mean, it's clear you're putting in crazy amounts of hard work into this as well. Like this virality isn't like happenstance of this thing where you have no say or control in any of this has happened. Like you've put a lot of work into this. So let's talk about you squeezing these lemons, as we like to say, mm-hmm. and making no more lonely friends. Set the context as to, I'll give you a setup. No more lonely friends has turned into a nationwide movement where people can have a safe space to go from strangers to friends. Yeah. And you created that. And you know, what was the original idea and what was your expectations when, you know, putting that together? There was no original idea. Let's just be honest, like clear from that. There was no <laughs> idea. There's like, the thing is, is that <clears throat> when I first had the first meetup, I did it because like, I was like, all these people are so sad and like, they want friends, <laughs> but they were messaging yeah. me like, you know, I live in New York city. I need friends. Oh my gosh, yeah. I live here. Like, let's be friends. Let's be friends. And I was like, sure. Like, I don't really know anyone in New York city yet. Like it was just like, straight out of winter, like when mass mandate just went up, like it was really nice. And I was like, this is great. Like it's an outdoor, like let's, let's do it. Like, sure. Let me just do this meetup in Central Park for people to come together. And I was expecting literally nobody to show up. I was like, I, I brought like a cooler. I was like, whatever. And then people were offering to bring stuff, like whatever it was. And then like 200 and something people showed up and I was like, I'm sorry. What? Hello? Hello? What's going on? And my friends were like, yo, like this is a, thing and I was like what and I posted that first video now I do it at every picnic but the one of like me doing the selfie with everybody behind me and Mm -hmm. it turned that went viral and it turned into this thing where everyone was like I'm sorry wait hold on like where's I need yeah I want to go why where was happening where's when's this coming to my city and I was like oh no I was like oh my god what's going on (laughs) my friend called me who's now my manager and he was like, he's like a big brother of mine. He's great. He's, um, he's just such an awesome, um, person and, and mentor in general and stuff like that. And he does like influencer brand partnership. Now, like, um, he has like a management company basically. And yeah. he came to me like, so what's going on? Like, what is, what is this? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, S-O-S, help me bestie. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. He was like, you know what? Try it. Do a few more picnics and like, let's see how it goes. And once like the fifth one happened, I think that was the New York times one. And that was now I'm at 30 or something. Oh my gosh. And, and the craziest part about it was that I had no, I was like, Oh, I'll do five. And like, call it a day like whatever I did LA San Francisco Washington DC Boston Philly and New York and like I just thought that was that I was like yeah all right that was fun cool and then I got I started getting approached by all these companies and sponsorships and brands whatever it was that were like let's do it let's take you on it and I was like "Ah." I was like "Ah." (laughs) so it was cool it was just it was really awesome and and it just kept going and going and going and now we're at whatever 30 something 30, 30, 30, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But 
Yeah. <laughs> That's mind boggling to me. Was there any part of this process that was nerve wracking or scary? I mean, after five and it just kept going. Yeah, I think all of it's scary. Um, I think that what people don't realize is like, they think like, first of all, they think I make millions on the internet because I have a verification blue check. Like and people think Let's like, go. instantly, yeah, blue check. Eh. Uh, but people <laughs> think instantly, like they just make mon- like tons of money when you can for sure. But also this is this is something that's like, kind of like I need, I need people to understand is that um, I'm not in it for the money. <laughs> If I was in it for the money, I would have just been like, cool, the five minutes were great. Have a good one, you know? And what people don't really, really notice is like, I pay for everything. I pay for my flights. I pay for my hotels. I pay for my Ubers. I pay for my food. I pay for, I'm always out of town. I have to eat three meals a day outside of my house. Like I have to eat it to go. You know, if I'm in a hotel, it's like there, you know, I have to eat whatever it is that, and, and I have to buy all the stuff for the meetups. Like, I mean, I'm not complaining. It's awesome. But I just like, I don't, whatever brand deal I do, I do these brand deals so I can pay for the picnics and I do it not to be like, Oh, here's money. Like, let me take it. Like, no, it's, I do it because I need the money for the picnics and that's it. Like I, yeah, I, I, if I wasn't in it, if I was in it for the money, I wouldn't be doing these picnics because it's taking all my money. So, yeah. um, but I, I love it. I put it, I, I'm a huge, huge, huge believer. in if you give your money for good, it'll come back for good. Like mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it. And I really appreciate all the like parts that I was able, that the brand deals or whatever sponsorships or whatever attending things I've been able to do for, for um, money because I put it right back into the company and it, and it makes it up for itself. And I love it so much and it makes everyone so happy. So it's just nice to see. Yeah. So it's a worthy cause without a doubt. Mm -hmm. We touch on entrepreneurship quite a bit on this podcast. And I think there are a lot of people out there that have good ideas to try to bridge the gap between whatever various people, you know, people in general feel probably pretty divided right now. And Mm -hmm. your cause, of course, is bringing people together, which is awesome. When it comes to that cash flow game and making things happen, how do you go about keeping no more lonely friends afloat? Like what's your, what's your strategy to go to, to be a professional picnic coaster now, as you yeah. like to say? I think that <clears throat> brands were scared in the beginning because they thought it was just like a second. Like they, I, like I thought it, it was just going to be like a woohoo. Okay. Anyway, move on. Yeah. And I think the more I do, the more traction it gains and stuff like that. And, you know, like something like this, this event on Saturday in LA with, you know, partnering with DoorDash and all them, like it's go- it's going to be huge. It's going to be so yeah. great. Like, I think people are finally getting the hint, like, Oh, this is a thing. Like this yeah, is going to be around. Yeah. And, and, um, brands had to have that kind of like piggyback, like, are we sure about this before they actually dove in? And COVID, it was really hard because a lot of brands couldn't help because of COVID and they couldn't attach their name because it was gatherings during, you know, like that type of stuff. And so that was really difficult because everything I was supposed to get like a full sponsorship by this company for the whole tour. And then they had to pull out because they couldn't get the okay for COVID. So it was really difficult and that could have saved me tens of thousands of dollars. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think now that people have kind of seen the, the actuality of it, they're like, oh okay, this yeah. is like cool and, and this is going to work and we're going to make it happen. And 
uh, people started reaching out. The city of Las Vegas emailed me and we're having like a little mini like festival little thing at the end of the year, November 11th. It's going to be great. But like stuff like that where they finally kind of got it and they're like, oh, we can actually, this is actually a thing and it's going to work and people like it. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. So yeah, man, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love that brands and companies are recognizing that one, this is something worth investing in of course and two they're stepping up to the plate to make things happen you know they're getting involved and i like that a lot i have to touch on the drew barrymore show i have to i gotta touch on it she surprises you with like 50 no more lonely friend attendees in the crowd and when i watched it i i mean it was it was moving you know to see all the lives that you have touched how has this experience not the Drew Barrymore show in particular, but like this entire experience, meeting people, getting to know them. How has this shaped how you view people now? It's changed my life significantly on the way that I see people, address people, talk to people. I think that a cool thing about No More Lonely Friends that helps me with a lot is humbling myself um, in a lot of ways. It makes me realize like I'm not just going through this. There's other people that are obviously going through way worse. And also it made me run into people that I would have never had the opportunity to, or also just would have never crossed paths with like, and they also really just appreciate the safe space community that No More Lonely Friends is because they haven't had the opportunity to meet people like them or whatever it is that they, they were searching for. A big thing about No More Lonely Friends is is that everyone's welcome. So coming across all different types of people, you know, whether whatever it is of of race, religion, disability, whatever, and and they're they're look they're never looked over. I think that's the coolest part is that no one's ever like, Yeah, that guy, yeah, I don't know. You know, should he be at the picnic? yeah. Yeah, and like I think also a huge compliment is that everyone, I got a bunch of DMs, I got a bunch of comments of like how diverse it is and, and everything. And I pride myself in that because I want people to feel safe and feel comfortable and never be like, oh, it's just a bunch of white people. Like that's like my biggest fear of like life is like just being associated with that because it's not like I grew up in an in, in a all white neighborhood and it was so awful to to kind of see how blocked people's minds were of acceptance of other people no matter what it was I don't care what whatever you were it was just so crazy to me and I I don't I believe you know in in whatever you like in life do it I don't care who you are what you like who you like whatever it is I just appreciate the fact that people felt warm and welcome at of an event that I hosted or whatever, you know, that was yeah. my, that was my biggest thing was it, it really changed my perspective on not my values because I already had like, uh, everyone's mm-hmm. welcome do be you be whoever you want to be type of thing, but more or less of making other people change their outlook on whoever they whoever was showing up at the picnics. Um, I had one guy who <clears throat> told me in, in, in confidence, basically, ba- basically saying, Hey, like I didn't really feel like I was very accepting of people before. And then I went to your picnics and now I'm like, my whole perspective has changed on people because it changes, it changes a lot of people's minds because they see how great people are, no matter who they are, what they are, whatever it is. And I just, yeah, I really appreciate that. It kind of impacted someone like that, especially someone that was not really feeling that way before, I guess. And you've made it clear from the very beginning, like this is a safe space where 
don't show up if you're not trying to like accept everybody, love everybody and be kind to one another, which I think is, I think there's a lot to be said with prepping people with the right mindset. Everybody's on the same page about we're here to love on each other, here to make friends and if you don't feel that way, don't show up, please. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Here for a good time. And yeah. maybe for a long time, too. Yeah. Opposite Absolutely. of Drake. Marissa, we are rolling into the final question Ooh. of this podcast. Ooh. I know. So juicy. But before we do that, I want to say, one, thank you for coming on. I'm very grateful you're here to share your story, not only about No More Lonely Friends, but but your life. You're taking the experiences that you've had, good or bad, and are placing them out there in a way that is relatable to other people and there for them to accept and learn for themselves, like how they can move forward in life and feel loved and be encouraged by. And I think that's incredible. And I think you taking initiative in this way, I mean, I think this has been true for your whole life to take the the big leaps of faith, to put yourself out here like this in the name of something good is, is really admirable. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. You're welcome. The final question Wait. of the podcast. What? Before the final question, how did you mm. find the photo Ooh. of the room in the basement that uh, I slept in? I have a strategy when it comes to research, and my strategy is go through every single Instagram post, TikTok post, social media post of the person that they've ever done, and I, I found it, came across it. So I went yeah. into the depths, the archives. I'm so confused because that's not on my Instagram. I'm so confused. I did. I did some Google searches. I, I'm telling you, I scoured the web for this stuff. <laughs> I'm so confused, huh? I wonder. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll yeah, send it to you. <laughs> I, need to, I need to know. I need to see where you got it. Okay, too. Final All question right, final of the podcast. Question. What does it mean to live a fulfilling life? Ooh. Yeah, oh, live like Marissa. My- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Buy my merch. <laughs> yeah, right. Here's my aunt. Uh, I think that the biggest lesson that I've learned, like I said before, was just if you're not happy, leave and stop mm-hmm. lying to yourself. When I found myself doing things that I loved instead of doing things that I didn't enjoy, I started kind of the the time passed faster in a better way because I was Mm -hmm. enjoying it so much that I didn't even realize like, wow, this is happening. And now it's, you know, November and I'm like, whoa, this whole year just passed by because I was doing these picnics and doing all these things that I enjoyed so much that it was just so quick. And I a year passed like that of me living in New York and I've never felt like that I belonged here, that I was, I was so obsessed with always being able to be like, yeah, I live in New York. You know, I was, I, I love mm-hmm. bragging about being able to say that I, I live here, whatever it is. And, and I know it's, you know, every New York personality trait, like everyone's like, I live in New York city. That's my personality. Yeah. But yeah. I think that when you live a fulfilling life, it's doing things that you you know you no longer okay yeah here we go here we go got the thought let's do it i'm with you it you no longer put in energy for the things that don't matter to you because you're so busy putting in all of the things the energy for the things that you love that you have no time for the for the bullshit basically you just have no time for that you don't you don't have time to 
talk poorly about someone because you have so much love around you with the friends that you love that you have so much good times talking great about other people or whatever it is that you're so busy doing things that you love that you have no time for the things that you don't care about anymore. And that's when I kind of figured out, wow, I, I love what I'm doing and I love how I am right now. I love myself because I don't have time for that anymore. I don't have time to to do anything. And it's not like I was spending my days talking poorly about other people or whatever it was, but it was just, it was, I had too much time to complain about the life that I wasn't living. Mm. And now all I do is, is be appreciative of what I, what I am doing, what I have and what I'm able to do and what's next. So when I, when I stopped giving energy to the things that didn't matter to me anymore is when I was really like, this is it. This is what I, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. I love that. Focus the energy on the things that you like to do instead of focusing on your energy, things that you wish you would have had or things that you're not doing. Yeah. And if love you that. Have it, then, then put your energy towards something that will, they'll make you have it. Put in the work, baby. Put in that work. W-E-R-K. Yeet. Marissa, how can people find you on the internet? Where can uh, people connect with you? How can people How can people become your friend in real life too? People be my friend. Come be my friend. Um, uh, my Instagram and my TikTok is Marissa Mize. It's M A R I S S A M E I Z Z. And my No More Lonely Friends is just No More Lonely Friends on Instagram. No More Lonely Friends Go get yourself a cool shirt. If you're reading this, we should be friends. Yeah, they're dope. Boom, bomb, bomb drop, mob, whatever. What are we? Bomb do? drop, we- dropping bombs on you. God, We're yeah, done. We- that? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Marissa, thank you. Bye. 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 Iconic, Iconic, honestly. That was the episode. You just listened to it. Uploads every Friday at 6 a.m. The real reason you're still here. You want to know the answer to the riddle of the week. Why is it a bad idea to iron your four-leaf clover? Because you shouldn't press your luck. You just shouldn't. This is more life advice than it is a riddle. You know, if 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 there was a wise person here, they would probably tell you the same thing. Stop pressing your luck. I'm just kidding. Keep the hope up. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and to share this episode with your friends, family, acquaintances, coworkers, good friends, great friends, and say something kind to them. As you know, kindness goes far. I love you, and I'll see you next week. Bye!